Diamond, it's you, but you're like here. But I'm, you're here. I'm here. I can I can touch your shoulder. In poison. And it's right there. Hello, Sammy. It's so fucking thrilling. When's the last time? Okay, we were in a room together last year this time. October. Yes. No. Wasn't oh no, like in London. May? In London. Oh, yeah. When did you come to London? I did. Yeah. But when's the last time we actually recorded a conversation for the internet together? I can tell person? you the last one I remember was still the uh, theater at the 227 offices around the corner. Good lord. Which must have been like, what, like five years ago? <laughs> Probably more like eight years and about three episodes ago. <laughs> Given our track record. I know, because we suck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's hot in this room, Sammy. Um, I'm going to do what you did and take my shoes off. Yeah, no, shoes off for chumps. Um, I must say the last couple of weeks hanging out in Cape Town have been an, a superb reminder of the fact that the meat space is the best space. It is, and especially in Cape Town. Yeah. When the power's on. Yeah. Even when it's not, man. I mean, the sun's shining. Who cares? You don't even need power. Who just needs need, power? Just power need is stupid. <laughs> Powered by friendship. <laughs> What's been your favorite thing about being home? Just seeing, seeing my people, really. Um, seeing mm. all the people. Uh, I went kloofing and I fucked up my entire leg. It's just now one giant bruise. Um, For anyone who's wondering what kloofing is, <laughs> what is kloofing? It's jumping down a river basically <laughs> uh, shin first in my case <laughs> i was not with you on this particular expedition but i have been before yeah. in a wetsuit sliding around on rocks it's incredibly not entirely sober and stupid yeah but so fun and mm. so lovely so yeah i mean cape town as a as a place is incredibly lovely but mostly i love it because it's the place where all the people i love are so it's been oh. quite grand quite grand we're going to keep here, Sammy. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> We're not going to let you leave. The only problem is the one thing that is not here is my cat. So, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you've got friends. I mean, I'm sure that our friend Nick is looking after. Uh, always Farnie, available. Our fr- our is Farnie, Farnie doing it? Oh, yeah. They're okay. bonding. They're actually having the time of their lives. <laughs> so there you go. No problem. Nobody's my pet. Somebody will steal your cat. He'll get fed. I, It'll I, be fine. <laughs> Don't, don't even joke about someone stealing my cat. I'll get on the first plane. I'll go. I'll go. Um, Keanu Reeves them. Um, so the other thing that is filling me with joy at this moment is that I am. I have in my possession at this moment, in my physical possession, in the real meat space, possibly the greatest work of literature of all time, which is the one of a kind, Simon Dingle. OG issue issue one no not even issue one issue infinity zine listen you um you challenged me to make a zine in our last episode yeah which i did and boy did you i mean you say that but like (laughs) just coming up with a fucking concept was hard enough the ais failed us when we try to do it they did i'm gonna stop this computer from going to sleep it's irking me sorry let's just carry on Uh uh-huh I'm just tweaking things. <laughs> but this is what's so nice about being back. It's like, I think there are things you can only appreciate about your friends when you're actually in their presence, like their, their little small mannerisms. Yeah. And one of your small mannerisms is that you are like constantly 10% of your brain is trying to like optimize the situation. There's <laughs> <laughs> always like, okay, this is great, but we need slightly more wine or this is great, but the music needs to be slightly better. You know? Yeah, which is problematic because, you know, there are various you know pitfalls there like we always need more wine yeah so the answer is always going to be <laughs> like true. there's a problem especially us <laughs> us particularly but in, as a general principle also um okay but i do actually sincerely deeply love this in 
in every level. So I think Mazine. I'm going to, I think I'm going to read it out loud page by page so that we can share, wow. this, share okay. this. But I also think we should make it available for download. But first, do you want to introduce your zine to the fans? I chose to call my zine Cope. <laughs> Not the political it's party. About, it's about an existential crisis. <laughs> what was your inspiration? I don't know. Hmm. I was like, I, so I, I did some zine homework and I remembered a zine I'd actually downloaded ages ago and it was by a mathematician I follow on Twitter. And she has this really cool um, like algorithm you can learn to draw repeating patterns on a page. Mm. And she uses it um, as like a thinking exercise. Mm. So when she needs to take a break from coding or whatever she's doing, and it's like, get her brain into a different mode she draws these really beautiful patterns and so she made a zine like if you want to do these patterns this is how you do it so the Mm. zine is like an instruction manual um for how you do that and so i was like well that's cool because i'm not just going to make a zine about my favorite bands or something fucking boring like if somebody's going to go to the trouble of downloading a zine let's Mm. make it instructional Mm. it's like well what do i know about and i'm like nothing I i literally don't know how to do anything and so I was like, well, like, when would somebody most need help with something? And yeah, I was yeah. like, well, fucking existential crisis, but man. But also, when is, when, is, when is it like the person I'm going to call when I have problem <laughs> X is Simon Dingle? It's like, Simon. Well, I mean, that's a terrible idea. Staring into the void, help. <laughs> yeah. And then, as I always do, like, you know, I dicked around with it and, and ended up making something completely different, which is very silly. But I suppose, you know, City's fine, I guess. I, I, I love it so deeply. Okay. So, so I just, there's just so many details about it that are perfect. They're perfect. <laughs> so just the cover, right? So to describe the covers, we have the word, so it's cope. It's an existential crisis, <laughs> but also like glowing text. Yeah. Uh, it's not issue one. It's issue number infinity. Very important. Listen. When we get to, like, you know, the existential stuff, there can never only be one, and it's, you know... And, but also... And who knows how many iterations of this have been before in other areas of the metaverse, multiverse, sorry, not metaverse. And and it's, it's, in fact, there's, like, a callback to that later in the zine, so it's, like, (laughs) a a piece piece of literature. Uh, I love how my fucking around is being interpreted by you as intention. (laughs) Delights me so much. So there's a picture of a monkey on a key on a typewriter, and then my favorite detail of the entire zine says "by Psy," but the S on the Psy is the cool S. So it's the, the three lines that we all the thing we all drew on our space cases when we were twelve is like three lines, three lines, and then you join the three lines to make like a like an S, like a fancy Listen. S. By Malcolm Gladwell's made-up rules about these things, I committed more than enough hours into learning how to cool the draw, draw the cool S to have mastered it. It's amazing. And it is like riding a bicycle. You make the dot and the three dots yeah. below it and the three dots below them. And there then it is. And the other thing that's amazing, so I, I most recently made a zine as an insert for the book that I co-wrote with my mm-hmm. friend Dale. And also I was like, what is the detail I need in this scene? Cool S, man. Really? Cool S. I didn't even tell you that. It's wow. so good. Wow. Literally share a brain. I know we do. It's absurd. <laughs> absurd. Okay. So, I mean, front page, perfect, no notes, 10 out of 10. Okay. Then page one, shit gets deep. Or page two. Okay. Everything. I'm sorry you are not a thing. I know that you feel like you are a thing. You are really many things that feel like a thing. But there was a time that you can't remember before you felt like a thing. And there will be a time that you can't imagine after you think you're a thing. Do not be afraid, precious thing, 
of the time that comes after, thinking you are a thing, just as you are not afraid of the time that came before, thinking you are a thing. Not being a thing is not something you will ever be a thing for. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like profoundly deep. And then just like slap you with some depth, right? Well, that was my first thing. I was like, I haven't written a poem for a very long time. I'm just going to write a dumb poem. I love it. And then there's a, there's a void. That's, there's a void. That's the only thing I can describe it as. It has to be a void. So how did you make your void? Oh, I plagiarized. Okay, I stole great. a picture from somewhere and did shit to it with filters. Also, important part of the zine making process. Then, let's ask the AIs. So now, <laughs> next page. And then there's a very cool sort of block-cutty person with a void in his head. Tell that me. was the brief to Dolly. Yeah? Was like, existential crisis, black and white, wood cut. <laughs> I feel like I yeah. feel like Dolly nailed that Catched one. It because AI's could get ten out of ten for that yeah. image. Because it's also like his brain is sort of a maze, which is kind of cool. It's it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Well done, AI's. Well done, AI's. And then does the text? So the text on the next page says it's a paradox that must be accepted as a dichotomy. Probably just don't stare into the void for too long. You'll be fine. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that didn't come from the AIs, but it resulted from our conversation. Okay, very good. <laughs> and then there's the, the MC Escher hand drawing itself. Yes. Drawing. Very good. Okay, then <laughs> also, <laughs> last last spread, we've got the other classic uh, zine element. We've got a playlist. <laughs> so it's a Spotify playlist called Befriending Chaos featuring Blockhead Fortet. Radiohead, the most existential shit ever. <laughs> Aphex Twin, Flying Lotus, and more. And a Spotify link. Amazing. We'll listen to it <laughs> shortly. Um, and then something so fucking profound that it sort of broke my brain. Um, this is illustrated. Time feels like a horizontal line you move along, but it's actually a series of vertical moments, each infinitely long and permanent. And you are a strange loop, observing yourself within the chaos. What the actual fuck, Simon Dingle? <laughs> and then it ends with a pithy, nothing matters, everything matters, except you. And then accept is spelt both as exception, except you, and accept, acceptance, you. <laughs> and then there's a pentagram, a circle, and a snake eating its own tail, and holy shit, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if you're having an existential crisis, definitely don't read this unless you want to make it worse, maybe. Mm. It's definitely not going to help anybody, but I had fun making it, and it means nothing. I, I love it so much. And <laughs> I, it, is it was a good challenge. Perfect. Yeah. It was a good challenge. Yeah. Can you talk about the zine that's in your novel, or is that too much of a spoiler? Uh, it's not a spoiler. It's basically uh, the, the novel is about three teenage girls in the 90s, and they live in a very small town, and as I did and as you did, um, when you grow up in kind of a place that feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, you make your own fun, and yes. they make their own fun by making a zine. Uh, and so it's just okay. like just shit they find funny you know I can't wait to read your book mm. when is this going to be a thing one can give you money for just before my birthday in June very awesome. excited yeah okay excited. we'll make a lot of noise about it at the time what are the things that uh, was what was fun about making a zine I don't feel like I shouldn't say this so a lot about my work is very creative but I can't like the first chapter of my career was all about creation. Mm. Like all I did was write and compile and mm. produce. And so my job was creativity for a long time. And we've spoken about this before. I honestly believe that business is one of the most creative things a human being can do because you're mm. literally 
like willing something that didn't exist into mm. actual existence, actionable mm. existence, not mm. like watch it and forget it existence, like do something with it existence. Mm. And so, so I wouldn't say that I, you know, my, my work isn't creative because it is, but I've been going through a period of getting very bogged down with legalese and funding and big deals and, mm. and it, it's had, it hasn't felt like creativity. It hasn't fed me. In fact, it's taken mm-hmm. away from it. And I've also found it very difficult when I, you know, am done dealing with this shit every day to actually do something creative instead of just get like blind drunk and lie down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the shack. Go to and Roxy. so it was nice to be forced by you yeah, <laughs> to do something creative yeah. as stupid as it is and yeah. like have fun with it and... I have to look at, and I, just make something for the sake of making something. Yeah, it's constantly amazing to me, like how hard it is for me to actually motivate myself to do the things that I know nourish me. Right. So, like, I know that I feel far more nourished by making zines and doing silly, <laughs> dumb challenges or like art or crafts or whatever. Um, but I, I, when I'm tired, I always feel like the thing I need to do is flop on the couch and watch fourteen thousand hours of Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. Right. You know. Um, and it's, I, I do think you just have to like, it's such a constant challenge of my life is to build commitments in that commit me to doing the things that I know will actually make me feel re-energized. Yeah. So weird. Why are we so lame like that? I don't know. And why are we so afraid of creating things? Mm. I think it's because the moment you put it out there, somebody else is going to have something to say about it. Definitely. Especially is on that, the internet. Is, is, that, <laughs> is, that like, is that like where the fear of the blank page comes from, do you think? Maybe. I also think there's there's like an internal critic thing that's a real problem. And this has definitely been a challenge a little bit for me trying to go from someone who's always just written because that's my hobby to trying to think of that as the thing that also needs to pay my bills. Mm. Is Which isn't even about the... It's not the money thing. It's like the... If, that's, if you're a professional at that thing, you feel like everything you make has to be good. And the reality of making anything is that the you, you, you have to do many, many drafts of it just being shockingly bad mm. before it can maybe get somewhat slightly good. Um, and just sort of shushing the, the inner critic is also a problem, I think. And I think that comes from yeah, how do we think of creating things and, and how we lose touch of what it means to just be playful. Mm. I think this is definitely true in business as well. Like I think most business would be better well most we would have better entrepreneurship if people felt like they could be more playful if that makes any sense yeah no it makes perfect sense yeah but i was just thinking like it's not just creativity we also like if you look at your your dietary health for example Mm. um you know what nourishes you Mm. and it's amazing whenever you do have the meal you think is going to be boring which is like just vegetables yeah you're like oh my god these are fucking delicious like not only is this much better for me yeah actually it's it tastes better too and it's it's grand and then and then and then you still go and fucking knock back a hamburger and chips (laughs) and a donut the next day as if you know yeah it's funny yeah human beings man such such weirdos yeah i mean i guess it's like you've got to have a a baseline of psychological safety i think in order to be silly you know like you've got to like play requires reassurance play requires like this is a safe place that in which you can play right so to make a zine to write a book to come up with a business mm. you know you can't you can't be afraid that's the point of it 
Yeah, I think it's worse than that. I think we're it's almost like we're designed to sabotage ourselves yeah. on all fronts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly am an excellent sab- self-saboteur. Yeah, I'm very skilled. Yeah. yeah. But hey, you did a book. Yeah, I did a book. You overcame it all and it's coming out. But I think, I, like, I mean, I jury is still out on whether I can repeat that process by myself. Like, I think, again, coming back to, like, play and the zine, like, the reason... You made a zine because I asked you to, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I finished the novel because Dale and I were doing it together. Okay. To some extent. Like, it definitely made it easier because... You know, and it definitely made it more fun. It definitely made it more like play. Yeah. Um, and it definitely made me feel much more... Like, I'm, I feel way more responsible to people that I care about than to, like, I don't know, the fact that I need to pay rent. <laughs> but, like, this is this is when the real work starts because yeah. the book's written. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure what the editing process is like in fiction, but mm. from watching you and Lauren and other friends go through it, mm. it seems to be far more <laughs> intensive... Yeah. And I suppose the difficult thing about it is that in my world, the the little bit of writing I've done has been nonfiction. And so mm. the editing process is very different because it's more fact-checking and, mm. you know. Well, um, a shockingly small amount of external fact-checking in most of the publishing industry <laughs> yeah, because true. they just are so underfunded that they just like don't fact-check shit, which yeah. is horrifying. True. So it's all on you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, but 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 my point is like the editing process for fiction is like other people giving you their opinions mm. on what the narrative should be sure. or what yeah. the structure should be. Yeah. And because it's not something like, hey, you got this wrong. You know, this dude was born in 1926, not 1932, and you can mm. just go, oh, shit, well, obviously, cool, let's fix that. Yeah. You have to accept somebody else telling you that your mm. creative work could be better if you did A, B, and C. Yeah. Which is far more humbling, I guess. Yeah. But also seems to make it a, a lot more onerous as a process. Yeah, it's quite an emotional process. So it's interesting. We were having a chat yesterday um, about uh, ChatGPT. Yes. And how the one of the joyful things about ChatGPT is that you can be quite bossy to it. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like accepts all your feedback. So we were talking about it. You and, and Kenny, our other business partner, were uh, getting it to write code. But then you were kind of, well, actually, you explain, I think. Because then um, you were you were improving on the code. Right? Oh right, so yeah. so because it's got no ego, you can get it to review its own work. And whereas if I said to you know just about any software engineer I know, like, hey, is this code of yours the best you could do? They'll be like, what do you mean? Of <laughs> course. Off. And and the amazing thing with that I'm loving messing around with ChatGPT and other AIs is obviously there's there's zero ego. So. Mm. I, so, for example, I took a Solidity smart contract and asked ChatGPT to rewrite it in Rust, which is a different programming language, which it did mm. dutifully. And then I was like, uh, is this contract optimized? And it was like, no, I can make the following optimizations. I'm like, fine, do it. Fine, mm. does mm. it. Mm. And then I'm like, um, I asked that another question. Oh, first it wasn't documented. So I was like, you didn't document your code. And it's like, I'm so sorry. He has all the documentation. <laughs> blip, 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 blip. And then I was like, is this uh, secure? Yeah. And I was like, no, there's a, <laughs> there's a problem over here. I'm like, <laughs> fix it. And like, is it performant? Is it, you know, is yeah. this, is it optimized? Uh-huh. Uh, are these the, the um, optimal functions to use for A, B, and C? And just like, it's just, you know, it just goes, no. Like, <laughs> I can do better. Let and then it does that better. That's and I was, amazing. I was like, I, I guess if you try and imagine how how ai is into the workplace 
um, and how they actually do you know just slot in as a tool that, like that's that's fucking useful just mm. having a, a software developer without an ego mm, 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 mm. <laughs> but i mean all of us like we would like it's it's wild to think how much better any of us could be at our job if we had like less ego probably well exactly like yeah. like to our point about the editing process yeah. just like hey sam like you know there's a giant plot hole over here yeah. you're not going to be defensive about it as an ai you're just going to fucking rewrite it, it go yeah. like oh yes whereas as a, a person hole. i am totally like no no but you've got to understand the reason that blah 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 <laughs> and then i really have to like like check myself <laughs> like it's you know. part of the self-sabotaging man well, we just immediately get defensive even when we know the other person's right i know well even if we know that their uh, their intentions are aligned with ours right like uh, we both intend our goal both of us is to make the best possible novel yeah. we are in the same team you know yes. even then i'm like but my precious baby, yeah. you don't understand. You <laughs> You're not my real mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's interesting though, because like, it's it's sort of obvious now that a lot of creative work is going to be produced by AIs as well. Mm. I've got bets to call in with friends because I feel like in the last ten years I've made this bet repeatedly with more than one person who's told me that computers will never be creative. But anyway, oh, well. that aside. Oh. Um, oh, and actually, when you stick a pen in this, so did you read the Nick Cave? letter from the last few days the, no red hand files no yeah so so somebody um asked i think it was chat gpt to write a nick cave song hmm. which did a really good job of i thought hmm. and then he sent this to nick cave and said hey i asked chat gpt to write a nick cave song oh, what wild. do you think nick cave did not like this oh no but also you know being one of the greatest writers on yeah. the planet yeah he's response is incredibly well written mm. and in, like and so impassioned mm. and almost a display in itself of how much better human mm-hmm. beings are as writers at the moment mm. and he's and i happen to think he's wrong too yeah it's interesting um, yeah. you know he and again i don't want to butcher what he said but to distill a part of it he makes it sound like you'll always be able to distinguish the work of an ai and it's going to miss that spirit or that something that human beings have and I'm like, eh, mm, dude, don't like, yeah. I don't know. Like don't when know. I see a beautiful flower, it's a beautiful flower, even yeah. if I don't know its origin story, you know, like. Yeah. Um, I, I also just, I mean, that's, that's pretty, dis- that's, that's going to be pretty testable, right? Like, you know, can we distinguish things, even creative sure. work, you know, a few years Yeah, so now. there's some algorithms at the moment that claim to be able to detect whether or not ChatGPT wrote something. Mm. I, I call bullshit. Like yeah. it's too good at imitating human writers, mm. especially if you tell it to, to write in, in the, the style, style of somebody else. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're not going to programmatically find detect that but and i mean we're still on the first public generation of these technologies right like yeah. you know when google's comp- rip competitors finally released like you know like it's it's better off you know five years from now the technology is going to be oh, exponentially definitely. better than what we have definitely right now. but to rewind to to ai yeah. producing creative work without an ego like you can imagine one day having a conversation with your television yeah going like I'd like to see a movie in which a female Brad Pitt plays Samantha Beck Bessinger yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. she hijacks the Millennium Falcon and <laughs> <laughs> saves South Africa from its power crisis. Oh my God, and hell like, yeah. And your TV will go like, sure, cool, your movie's movie ready. Just for you. And then when it starts playing, you could be like, no, I'd like Samantha to be taller. And your pure, pure <laughs> dutiful TV will be like, okay, no problem, Sam's taller. And you... Can you imagine Amazing. the unmitigated fuck show that entertainment is going to become it's gonna once be, you start adding AI? It's such a brave new world. It really is. Like, it, I, I don't think I, this is hyperbolic, but it does feel like the the last time humans experienced a communication revolution like this was Gutenberg, right? Like, it just like oh this yeah. Is just like, but to me, this is even more profound. I don't know. 
it's um it's quite scary it's a confluence of things and this was a conversation we were having yesterday as well mm. with friends where it's like yeah but you know people always say this they said it about the smartphone they said yeah. it about fm radio they said yeah. it, and i still stand by the confluence of things at the moment making it a pretty unique moment in history yeah because I mean, specifically ai yeah yeah because mm. you know you've got fuckwits Mm. passing around QAnon posts on Facebook mm. who think that lizard people have come to Earth and disguised themselves as pink Americans so that they could run a min- low-income child sex trafficking ring from a pizzeria. Like, yeah. like, like anyway, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, like, <laughs> you've got those guys out there already. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've got AIs who can algorithmically just feed them more of that shit. Mm. Without the AI's curators or owners knowing that they're even doing it, I mean, just nuts. going, you know what, yeah. all I care about is money. So yeah. just make these idiots stay on my website for as long as possible yeah. so I can show them adverts. And the AI can be like, oh, I know how to do that. I'll just like, you know, take Bob and I will carry on. I'll just give him a like consistent feed of fake news yeah. all day long. Yeah, yeah. Deep fake videos. Yeah. Whatever he wants to see. Mm. He wants to see Hillary Clinton eating a baby. Mm. No fucking problem. Here, it Here is. you go. Here's, here's the and, footage, the video footage. Yeah. And so I hope the guardrails are there sufficiently, but I, no, I but have I mean, a sneaky we know suspicion that they're not they gonna aren't. be. We know that there's gonna be an adjustment period where it's just gonna like as already we have seen in the last at least decade, like the effects of like society and the guardrails of of culture not keeping up with what technology can do and that can only get worse for the next 10 right like it's of course it's gonna it's gonna be such a weird time it's gonna be weird man so weird but also you've got silicon valley bros who are like we need to do this responsibly and we need to make sure that everybody like do you think the chinese government gives two shits and a fuck about like guardrails around (laughs) ai that they're developing because don't think they don't have this shit too Mm. Like, once TikTok goes AI. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, wild. And I, so I think it's it's that confluence. It's like the dumb yeah. fuckery that's there already, combined with the fake news, combined with, like, the social networking. Mm. I, I think, um, who's that uh, dude who wrote the book about... Oh, fuck, you see, I've already fucked it up. <laughs> um, anyway, a really smart guy. And I, if I remember correctly, and I'm going to get this wrong too, but he has like three categories of technology. So mm. he's got white technologies mm. where it's like, the stuff's fine. Like not going to hurt anybody, you know, cool. And he's got great technologies where he's like, eh, problematic, but we should still, you In know, release hands. it. Maybe yeah. smartphones. I don't know. Yeah. And he's got like black technologies where it's like, there's massive upside, but the downside is almost equally massive. Yeah. yeah. So like nuclear would be an example. Yeah, downside like, is Armageddon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like. Upside, infinite power. Sol- infinite power, downside, blow up the world. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>, like- <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty bad. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm like, yeah. I feel like AI is the first time in my lifetime mm. where I've seen a new technology where I'm like, potentially very black here. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fully, 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 every, fully good or fully bad. That is a good way to think about it. I think it's, it's, it's really just describing how powerful something is, right? Like yeah, exactly. How, like the size of impact, I think, is... is- yeah, I guess describing. so, because anything can be used for I mean, good like, or bad. I, mean, I, think I think I might have said this before, but I think what's interesting for me is with all these things, you can't, there is no button that will uninvent these technologies. So I don't know how useful it is to ask, like, is it a good thing? Like, is is it good? Should we stop? Because you can't, right? No, you can't. So it's just a question then of like... How do you deal with it? Exactly. What guardrails practically can you start building as quickly? Mm. Like how fast can you build guardrails, really? 
Um, I was, yeah. I was uh, reading a essay from slight, slight tangent, but kind of I think connected to what you're saying about Silicon Brewers. Um, I was reading so Francis Fukuyama, who is somewhat problematic, or at least. I don't know, at some point was, I know, not very fashionable to talk about, but I think it's fashionable again. I have no idea. Uh, he has this book uh, that I was reading an essay from, which was really interesting, which was talking about um, how, uh, how, how societies become more Denmark or less Denmark, right? So if you think about people who think about uh, development and, and what we want countries to look like and nation states to look like, a lot of people kind of implicitly or explicitly hold up Denmark as like the ideal, right? Like country with strong democratic norms, strong uh, judicial systems, rule of law, um, and, uh, you know, relatively uh, not extractive as, a, as, a, as an economy. Mm. Um, and the question was, if you look at, at history, you look at like the history of the last few hundred years, why have some countries ended up more Denmark and some countries have ended up less Denmark? That's and one of, the, one of the things he comes up with as a factor is um, the sequencing by which you experience industrialization and at which you obtain democracy matters. So, uh-huh. so his theory is, okay, country like, um, country like China, not very democratic, but has an incredibly strong state. Okay. Compare mm. that to other countries like Russia, which is on paper democratic, but not very effective as a state. And is in, a, in the sense that the state, the state functions as a way to extract value from people, right? right. Like it's, it's a crony system. It's like you have a, a system of patronage at the top, um, and their job is to share favors amongst mm. friends and allies, really. Um, their job is not to govern, actually. Like, mm. it's not, it's, that's, they, 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 they pretend it is and they cloak themselves in it, but that's not actually so what they're trying to So it comes down to intentions, to basically. Yeah. And, but he makes the point that, like, one of the things industrialization does is it very quickly creates a new group of people who have quite a lot of power. Mm. And they have enough power that they are able to successfully disrupt uh, existing power structures, for good or for bad. So in the case of like the American Gilded Age, they just became a different uh, a different extractive uh, power, set, power structure. Mm. Um, but in other cases, if it it's timed correctly, like with a, a democratic shift, that's how you can end up with Denmark, basically. Right. But that's the sequencing by which you get those things matters. And it can be, you end up with less effective states in general if you become democratic before you've properly industrialized. That's interesting. Which I thought was very interesting. Um, anyway, one of the, this is, the reason I think this is interesting thinking about AI is one of the things AI is doing and I mean, silicon, whatever companies in general, um, is it's creating very, very powerful because it's such a such a powerful technology, right? Mm. That if you think about the wealth consolidation, it's going to allow in the next and the power consolidation in the next yeah. decade is huge. And then it's a very interesting question for democracy, really, and freedom, um, how that power is shared. And I don't think we have even the slightest bit of a answer yet about what that looks like and it's going to be scary look i think it'll cause some things to to boil over that we would actually prefer to to just rip the plaster off on Mm. if you know what i mean Mm. like like if i look at the way you know what the political system in the usa has become for example Mm. um and how polarized it is 
and what campaigning uh, campaigning has become oh by the way fucking great movie i watched recently john stewart's the producer cannot remember the name steve carell oh it's 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 absolutely beautiful anyway i'll put it in the show notes it's a <laughs> that should it's be a the actual name anyway. of our podcast i'll put it in the show yeah, notes simon can't remember anything <laughs> simon knows he's seen things that he cannot remember what the fuck are we talking Sorry, I about just couldn't, i couldn't remember the francis fukuyama book title i just was speaking about anyway my, ass. My, anyway my point is like it's such a thoroughly corrupt system yeah and it's 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 kind of slowly destroying itself yeah but it's going to take decades and it's going to fuck a lot of people over in the yeah. process and I feel like AI is one of those uh, force multiplying technologies mm. that could take something like campaigning in the States. Yeah. And if you've got the Republicans and the Democrats both just throwing AI at the problem, like it's just going to it's it's just going to be like, yeah. you know, it, it, they're going to nuke each other, basically. And mm. this will all be over much, much quicker than it would have been. <laughs> and hopefully with, you know, like concentrated damage within their own. So you camps think we're speed running the collapse of the empire? Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like AI is leading to a lot of speed running in the yeah, collapse yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, 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 some, things. of some systems where there are serious yeah. cracks showing. Yeah, interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But it's interesting because that like, you know, difference between a Denmark and OK, maybe it's not good to name what the opposite of a Denmark is. <laughs> there are many contenders. <laughs> Um, but it made me think of this podcast I was listening to not too long ago that Brian Dunning did. You know, mm. Brian Dunning does Skeptoid. Mm. So he basically just debunks a lot of myths and unpacks things scientifically. Um, but somebody asked him to to study the question of billionaires because mm. there's this idea in today's culture that billionaires are bad and they must all be cancelled and you're not allowed to be rich. And um, I mean, I, I think we should eat the billionaires. Anyway, yeah. But continue. it's interesting yep. because there's actually been studies done about this, yep. about what billionaires mean in a society. Yeah. And... It depends on the society. Hmm. So kind of similar to what you were saying now, if you look at um, very corrupt countries where there's a system of oligarchy, hmm. then billionaires are a symptom of corruption. Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're, they're like an indicator that this is a very corrupt society hmm. because their wealth is extractive. Hmm. So they're rich because there's a corrupt system hmm. and literally it's a zero-sum game. Hmm. They've taken from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the opposite of that is in free market societies, billionaires are a symptom of success for new value creation because they haven't become rich by stealing from somebody. Mm. They've become rich by creating value that wasn't there before. Mm. So like, and and again, I'm not defending billionaires or suggesting that they're perfect, like fuck Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos like equally. But, um, But the billions that they have aren't billions that came out of tax money or public funds or they're billions that were created in a space where they didn't exist before. They're Amazon fulfillment centers now and they're shop fronts and Mm. they're businesses that didn't exist before Mm -hmm. and that's where the value came from. Sure, except, except, and here's where all the big excepts come in. So firstly, there's like a monopoly exception, I think, that specifically with Amazon. So actually what Amazon has been very destructive. This is is far more complicated than I'm presenting it here. And again, I'm not defending billionaires. Yeah, yeah. And there should definitely okay, be more taxation than there is and blah, blah, blah. But it's interesting what you're saying because I think that this idea of value creation from nothing, I think, is kind of exactly the question with AI as well, right? So it's interesting to think about like land as an example in the traditional economy, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about how um, almost all... So land is a, is a really interesting asset because the idea that anyone can kind of own land to begin with is kind of inherently bizarre if you think about it. And yet kind of that's the beginning of capitalism, right? Like, and this has was the beginning of capitalism in every country at, at some point. Like in South Africa, it was the, the Native Land Act where they, we just decided, you know what, sorry, 
all 93% of the population. You are allowed to own land in the 7% of, of South Africa. That's it. Um, the rest of it is ours now, SARS. Um, Sorry, I'm laughing build, because what? We're, we're sitting here with our mics and I was thinking of Woody Harrelson in Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Sam and Simon, drunk socialists with microphones. <laughs> Sorry, if you haven't seen the movie, then you'll miss that reference. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. sorry, carry this on, Sam. Us. And I mean, we are, we're sitting in such a nice part of Cape Town. It's such a nice summer's day. It does feel like being on a planet. It's so up our own asses talking about fucking socialism. I know. Anyway. But anyway, I mean, I think it's so, like, Sorry, you know, you're saying an important thing, no, though. No, no, land. But, no, okay. But it's like the common, the common socialist thing, right? Of like, yeah. So if you think about all capital is in, all is inherently theft if you follow the money, the paper trail right back to the beginning, right? And similarly, like, I think there's a question with AI of like, what is the source of value? Because I think it's also, it's built. So there's definitely a technological component, but it is built upon the kind of land, the, the, the kernel at its center is the sum of all human intellectual production over specifically everything that we made and put on the internet in the right. last 40 years. That's what right? it trained on. Yeah, exactly. So the, the question of, you know, it's, it, it feels akin to me of the question of like, you know, does it make sense that Anglo American is worth so much money because it just decided that it owns all this gold on all this land and who, why did it get to do that? Similarly, I think with, with these AIs, there's a processing that took place for sure. There's technology, but un- the thing that's really a value is the fact that humans created art for thousands of years, right? Right. It's like, and how do you how do you compensate the whole of humanity for that intellectual product that intellectual capital that right. is in in the same analogy right like it's it's equivalent to I mean the answer is simple the land at the core UBI no you give them access to a thing that makes funny pictures of whatever they describe <laughs> all day as a reward which is very valuable <laughs> it is true it is very valuable yeah but you're right I mean yeah. I suppose like optimistically the gift is that these tools are available and making everyone's lives better mm. but you know but it's of course as, they, they as, as naive as it is optimistic yeah because i you look at open ai for example which is the company behind chat gpt which started out as, as as somewhat of like more of a foundation than a company um designing everything to be open source mm. to make sure that ai was progressed uh in a mm. responsible way that the guardrails were there it very quickly pivoted to yeah. a for-profit business course, that owns yeah. the AI. It's not open source anymore. So the, mm. the name open AI has become meaningless. It's a lie. It's yeah. a lie. And like you, you alluded to earlier, Microsoft's got their own version of this that they've, you know, building into being. Mm. Google's been working on this shit forever, you mm. know, since the days of AlphaGo and way mm. before then, DeepMind, etc. Mm. So you know they've got something that they're waiting to unleash. Mm. Um, so this is all owned already. It's not mm. going to benefit every everybody. And, and like you correctly yeah. said, like all of these AIs are tra- trained on the sum of human knowledge that we produce together. Yeah. Still, like somebody had to build the tool. Sure, but someone had to had to build dig a mine, right? But yeah. like, th- like the gold was also. This I don't know. I don't know. It is. It's complicated, and I don't know what the solution is. But yeah. It's going to be a weird time, basically. The, the, the best answer is always in the middle. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know much, but I do know that anytime the answer is extreme, it's wrong. Yeah. In my experience, I'm yet to yeah. find an extreme answer that's the right mm, one. Mm, mm. It's like too yeah. far right, too far left, same yeah. thing. Fascism, stupidity. I think the thing is like the worst thing we could all do is is kind of get angry or get scared and then just kind of want to shut down either the conversation or shut down the technology, which is obviously impossible uh you know but but definitely like at least on a lot of subreddits i'm on like i'm on a lot of writing subreddits there's been a lot of talk about like we need to ban talk about chat gpt oh, come like, on like guys, grow up <laughs> exactly but it's, people are scared people are frightened i get that but like this this is precisely the time like we need more people who are not the not the people who are currently like have been developing these technologies because yeah. they're aligned with specific interest groups that benefit in specific Shh. ways. Well, exactly. We need everyone to kind of be care- knowing what is happening, aware, caring, talking about it. Sure. Yeah. And also to be more brutal about it, they're two kind of photographers after autofocus is, yeah. you know, invented. Yeah. They're like, this is not photography and I <laughs> won't have it. And I refuse to, and it's like, fine, enjoy being irrelevant while the rest of the photographers use autofocus, take better fucking photos than mm. you foster mm. and earn all the money you would have otherwise. Sure. Like, so I get it. I'm sorry if you're a writer mm. that there's now a computer that's as good as you are, mm. but like use it or lose it because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because there's only one kind of writer in the future I'm afraid you don't have to like it like that's kiff I Mm. don't necessarily like it either Mm. but like this is the world you live in now Mm. and you can be an artisan writer you know and you can carry on dipping your feather in ink and doing your thing and there'll always be a market for that too sure but like you know especially if if writing is a business for you Mm. if if you see this as a commercial endeavor Mm. like this is the new tool that everybody's going to use except the artisans (laughs) who will make considerably less money for the most part yeah that, I, to me, it's that simple. You've they, like the the game's changed, totally. and, and like you said, like the cat's not going back in the bag. No, so. but I mean, inter- totally. But also, but in terms of using it as a tool, yes, absolutely. But also in terms of building the like stru- the democratic structures around these things. So yeah. you know, there's the I can't remember who says who said this. Someone someone said that thing about how it's easier to imagine the end of the world than to imagine the end of capitalism, and I think that that's true not just for capitalism, but for right. like, it's, it's so hard for us to imagine that anything about our political or economic system could be different, yeah. but it's actually a very recent way of being that we we've lived in, you know? Yeah. Um, and these things feel inevitable and eternal. Um, but you know, like we, we, you know, we have to, we have to keep trying to build things as a society. Yeah, and also like human beings are still the originators. Yeah, like you need for every prompt there has to be an engineer, mm. and so you know the tool still hasn't become the primary entity in the equation. Mm. You're still the writer. Yeah, like you still need to provide the prompts. Mm. You need to direct this thing. Yeah, it's just a tool, and. Thank God you've spent millions of years evolving a superpower efficient brain mm. that for some reason is able to sift through the fucking chaos and originate ideas. Because the best approximation of that an AI can do mm. is just throwing shit at the wall and coming up with infinite like cuck that nobody cares about. It was really interesting sitting with uh, when, uh, not when Mid Journey was released a few months ago, sitting with my friend Fani, the same Fani who's cat sitting. Uh, who's a, an incredible oil painter, Farney Bay. In fucking incredible. In so fact, we'll link great. to him in the show notes God, as well so, so you wonderful. can enjoy his amazing oh my art. God. He just did a painting for me. It's anyway. Um, and uh, with the shit that he could get out of Mid Journey is just like infinitely better yeah. than the shit well, our I can Nick get. Well, friend Nick as well, who's an artist. Yeah. So again, yeah. you, need to, you need to know what to ask for. Exactly. I'm, I'm reminded of... Um, 
I can't remember which photographer it was that I used to follow. I don't want to mention names in case I get it wrong. Um, but he was talking about being at this trade show and one of his photos was up at the booth. Uh-huh. And somebody said to him, where did you get that camera? And he said, the same place Shakespeare got that pen. And it's like uh, the tool's never been the thing that's mattered, right? Yeah. Like taking a photo is now cuck easy. Anybody can do it. Yeah, yeah. Just like anybody can write. That doesn't make you a good photographer or a good sure, writer. Yeah. And you're right. When you see mm. AIs in the hands of people who know what to ask for, because mm. it turns mm. out that's the juice. Yeah. Um, that's where things get crazy. Yeah. You know, I don't know what artists to reference. I don't know what styles to ask for. Yeah. Um, I, you know. Or even to like judge, like this is of these four potential outputs, this is the one that's visually interesting and why, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's interesting. Like when you were saying this question of like, you know, can AIs be creative? I think there's a question of like, what is creativity, right? Like, because I think actually there's a, there's a number of sub processes happening, um, that are different like and and some of it is is kind of you know contextual knowledge of the space some of it is judgment some of it is mushing things together that Mm. have not previously been mushed um some of you know some of it is like connecting an individual thing to broader cultural conversations you know um i also feel like we we intuitively conflate the medium with the art yeah and so you know, I was recently on a trip to Australia and went to this incredible gallery in, in Melbourne. And I was looking at this this incredible piece of art, which I won't even try and describe. It, it's just so hard to do. It's in a dark room and it's got this smooth surface with these two balls. It's actually a really famous work, but I, I can't remember the artist's name because mm. as we've already established, I cannot <laughs> remember anything. I'll put it in the anything. show notes. <laughs> Simon, I'll put it in the show notes, Dingle. My point is that when you, 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 know, you read about her process for arriving at this piece, mm. the medium was kind of inconsequential. Mm. She had an idea that she just had to get out into the world and then mm. she had to learn how to create this, mm. call it sculpture, to to realize the idea Mm. and when i speak to friends of mine who are really good at any medium painting Mm. oil painting you know it it was like well i had this idea and the only way i could express it was as an oil painting so i had to learn how to oil paint you know and it's like of course that's the answer the tools have never the medium the tool the Mm. the craft has is important but it's never been the thing the thing has always been the idea you're trying to get out into the world And so now, yes, you can fast track that with AI, but you Mm. still have the idea, you still have the intent of the artist that wants Mm. to see something made manifest. And that's always going to be the thing I think that matters. Simon, it's almost like nothing matters. Everything (laughs) matters except you. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It is the it is the zine literally contains all human wisdom. Yeah. I I have a question. So there's a the snake eating the tail at the bottom has some writing. The Ouroboros, but it has some writing in the middle. What is it? That's Sanskrit, I think. Uh, that's the oldest Ouroboros I could find. Ah, yeah. He's beautiful. I'm not says. sure, though, not being able to read Sanskrit myself. So there's a word. I know much about anything. There's a word in the scene that I have not yet read. I think it's more than one word. And I don't know what it is. We need to go figure that shit out after we get off this Or maybe the fact that you can't figure it out is the point. How rad is it to just sit on the couch and talk instead of into a fucking screen? It's better. In general, <laughs> like, okay, so I have, you know, I always set far too many fucking goals and resolutions for myself because I'm broken inside. But one of the things that I, I have 
told myself I want to do is try to be better at responding to my friends' text messages because I am, you know this, I am fucking bad. You're I'm very like, good with me. I don't know about the rest of your ooh, friends. No, don't tell, don't <laughs> don't tell everyone. Talk. No, I'm, I'm garbage. I'm t- <laughs> my WhatsApp status literally says every WhatsApp response time averages 48 hours and it's not even true anymore because it's currently <laughs> averaging never. Infinity. Infinity. And I, I feel constantly guilty that I'm not responding to people. Um, and then I did, I do get into a bit of a, of a, of a shame cycle of like, I can't open WhatsApp because then it feels, it just reminds me of the 35 messages I haven't responded to. And then I, it just gets, anyway, but. Which is why you need a fucking AI assistant I to answer your WhatsApp messages for you <laughs> and then tell you what's happening every day to, when I you wake up. I need to train someone to be the Sam AI, but you know, but I think I was reflecting on why it's gotten so bad. And I think, because I've always been quite bad, but the it's last because you've got too been, many friends and you're incredibly popular. No, I think what it is is that after COVID, I just don't actually want to look at any, like I just, I just, so much of the last year has been about untethering myself. <laughs> like, it, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, here's a cool event on Zoom. And I'm like, fucking burn it down, burn it down, turn it off the computer. I hate it. I never want to be on another Zoom call. Like, you know, some friend invited me to like an d- online D&D thing the other day. I was like, I would rather gouge out my own eye. Like, I will never do another online thing that I can do in the real world again. Ah, you're going to hate what I'm going to challenge you with at the no! end of this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, hit me. So, you're going to go back to the United Kingdom soon. Oh. It's a terrible decision and a big mistake, but you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and then I'm going to miss you again and be sad. Mm. And one of my favorite memories of the last couple of years was of us playing stupid games online during the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Sam, we need, if, we're, if we're not going to hang out on a couch okay. with fucking ice cream cone-shaped microphones, then okay. we need to hang out online somehow. Okay, fine. But like, not hanging out is not a fucking option. No, and I would rather hang out in a game than exactly. on Zoom, for sure. So you need to find us a game. I don't, it can be Don't Starve Together Again. It's a goodie. It's I such a goodie. Game. Okay, no, but I'll challenge or, myself to something different. Or we different. can hang out in World of Warcraft. I mean, I mean, I literally am destroying your writing career by even suggesting that. But (laughs) (laughs) okay, okay, I'm going to do some research into. In fact, if anyone listening to our conversation on the internet has a suggestion for a game we could play together online, yeah, uh, let us know on Twitter. Then we're going to fucking play it together online. That sounds grand. We're going to stream that. No, I'm joking. We don't have to stream that. Are we going to pivot to being Twitch streamers? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm that in. is my very simple challenge for I'm you, in. Sam. I love it. I love it. I'm in. After you crazy your, uh, son of a bitch. After your expression of how much you love screens. And Do you know, I hate screens, but I love you. Yay. And so, for Well, you, listen, if you love me, you wait until you see my fucking druid <laughs> in World of Warcraft. Oh, well, you are deep down World of Warcraft. Oh, man. Oh, no. He's purple skin and his rippling muscles. I have and his seen green him. Hair. I tried playing with you that one time and then I ended up on the wrong server or I was playing the wrong faction. I don't remember I this. I can't remember. Just like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally. I'm down for Although I feel like World of Warcraft, you, you're so far ahead. It might be more fun know, for us to do something we can learn Blizzard together. Blizzard has solved this problem at infinite. Yeah, you can, you can boost characters up to okay. level 60 or okay. whatever the latest cap is and then you can just play from there. Okay, that could be fun. Yeah, yeah. Because my other suggestion was going to be League of Legends. Um, which I vaguely know how to play. I think I played it like I played about three hours of it. There's something about League of Legends and Dota, and to a lesser extent, Heroes of the Storm, and all of those yeah. games where it's 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 like playing it's like 
playing tennis and then just being sent to the masters yeah. like like it's too competitive and everybody's yeah, too hardcore. good yeah but like if we're if we are similarly cuck it could be fine it could be fun <laughs> um i kind of want have, have i told you about my favorite board game at the moment wingspan no fuck i'm obsessed with it so it's 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 this beautiful game but it's this unbelievably like gentle cottage core board game so it was made by this woman who got very into a lot of the like german board games where you've got like 395 different pieces and it takes like 14 hours but maybe you have told me but her whole thing was like i just hate that all these the themes of these games are all either set in like medieval europe boring or they're about war I like I, I want something that just thematically is more appealing to me. And she was she's very into like bird watching. So it's a game about building a nature reserve for a bunch of birds. And Amazing. it is I am so deeply obsessed with it. Like I get like the chills when I pick up that you've got these little like pastel colored wooden eggs that you place on your birds you have told me about this before okay i am very obsessed with it i was i was surprised i had we need to find a copy of this game it's so i've got one in england so next time you come visit me i will definitely rope you into playing amazing but i want i want a cozy core video game multiplayer that's got that vibe and don't tell me about stardew valley Valley. (laughs) don't tell me shut your whore mouth Um, my problem with stardew valley is that i can't make anyone love me (laughs) and it's too triggering <laughs> I keep I'll just go fishing whenever that happens. I do, and I hate fishing. <laughs> anyway, I, that, I, man, I've tried. I've tried to make so many people marry me in that game, and no it's one, a pity no that me. that uh, Breath of the Wild is multiplayer, and the new one's coming out in a couple of months. That What's could it be called? lovely. I, well, I have been not multiplayer. I've so. been thinking about buying a Switch. Ooh. I think I'm at that time in my life where I can finally commit to buying a Switch. I like <laughs> that where this time is going. of my life is. To play Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, can you play Mario Kart online? Uh, yeah, but um, it's it's weird. So you when you when you play Mario Kart online, nobody cares about this shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> like if basically if we were in the same room on the same television, you and I could enter an online race with other people. But I, as far as I know, and I could yeah. be wrong, there's no way for me to connect you on Mario Kart remotely okay. and for us to then play together. My problem with Mario Kart is it, it has the same feeling of standing in a. Uh, uh, arcade and then it's just like everything is yelling at me it's just like a lot it's very hyper we will have chosen a game by the next okay, episode okay. and by we i mean sam okay no this is good but also if anyone has ideas please hit me up yeah. actually somebody did a twitter thread recently looking for stardew valley like games and i should see if i can find it again because there were like a whole shit ton of suggestions Brand. or we need to ask somebody like Torek musa to recommend something that's a great idea also um our buddies at free lives have a game that's coming up soon called terra uh terra something which is basically about like repairing the the world after climate just dis- the climate emergency and and environmental destruction which wow. seems very pleasing i don't well, know if it's multiplayer go. though okay all right i'm on why <laughs> why are you giving me this challenge so we can hang out i told you so yeah, we can good. hang out online okay, done good good we, like it's done. nice to have a reason yeah done and the reason can't be like because it's thursday evening and i said so okay you know what i mean yeah like, I, I feel like it worked very well in the pandemic. And what I loved about us playing Don't Starve Together in the pandemic is that you can you can get quite a few people into the same map. You can, which so is like really nice. So, like, we had, yeah. you know, my kids jumping in and, and Kitu jumping in is Lauren's daughter. And yeah. Like, you know, and we'd have friends coming in and out. And we played with Kenny and we played with Rolf and we... Do you know, I recently t- uh, turned it on uh, a couple of weeks ago 
And because we played it so much that I had to stop playing it at some point because yeah, no, I was, you, I I was like so you sick and, of it. You and Maddie like have no, explored no. every last every corner. Like, micro pixel of what's possible in. But what was dangerous when I picked it up a few weeks ago, they've done so many updates that it felt fresh again. I was like, ooh, oh, really? all these new animals that I, I haven't like figured out what to do with their flesh. Their, I mean, their I was flesh. always <laughs> super bad at it and never got further yeah, than like building were, a fire and then dying. Totally so. useless. <laughs> totally useless. <laughs> which, which is another great thing about don't starve together <laughs> is like it's all there in the title guys yeah, don't yeah. starve together so you motherfuckers had no, to keep I had me to alive fucking, like spend my whole time trying to just like rescue your stupid ass from fucking burning <laughs> burning beefalo fires and god damn it okay all right i like this very good very good all right, Sammy. Okay, thank it's you. It's fun to see your face in poison. It's so nice. It's weird because I feel like I now need to like say goodbye to you, but we're just gonna keep. <laughs> no, we're just we're just gonna go drink beer, basically. <laughs> you know, the beat face is the best face. I think, I think that's that's the lesson. <laughs> All right, so about that beer. About that beer. I love you, Sam. I love you. Bye. 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 Not bye. <laughs> bye not bye. <laughs> yeah.